getting his first action here in the entertainment capital of the world. The world. Touchdown, Las Vegas. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show. Airs it out down the middle for Adams. Got it. Inside the 10. Devontae. Touchdown. What a play on fourth down. It's time to get your daily prescription. Prescription. From the doctor. of the National Football League underway last night with the Detroit Lions pulling the upset over the Kansas City Chiefs 21 to 20 under players that was good for you right Lions players that was good for you well handicap week one and all the big games we got that this hour plus our best bets that returns three best college plays three best NFL plays from our esteemed crew back this year Marco D'Angelo Scott Spritzer handicapper extraordinaires Trevor Maddich and Gilbert the intern why did we let Gilby the intern back? I don't know. I mean, his picks are definitely intern-esque, but that's okay. We love the G-Man. So all those picks up on the website at tcmartinshow.com. We'll talk college football, NFL this hour, and aces. I am in Phoenix at the Footprint Center, home of the Phoenix Mercury and the Phoenix Suns. And the Aces are taking on the Mercury. Sold out tonight. 7 o'clock will be tip-off. 6.30 pregame show can join me down the dial. We're on Fox Sports Radio tonight, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. We'll have the play-by-play for you tonight. And uh, here in Phoenix, it'll be uh, the last road game for the Aces. And then they'll close out the regular season with a home game at T-Mobile Arena. Fan Appreciation Day. That is at T-Mobile on Sunday at 12 noon. And uh, the Aces in action tonight. And they lead the New York Liberty by half a game right now. Liberty have one game left to play. They'll play Washington this weekend. Aces after tonight will have one game left against the Mercury. So definitely advantage Aces. But they win both. Uh, they will lock down the number one seed, which is huge. All right. So we've got that to talk about that well uh, as well. Alicia Clark is in the house. So she's going to come up here and join us here in a few minutes. And uh, Alicia Clark is having a fantastic season. And uh, sixth woman of the year honors could be on her way. Just a fantastic addition for uh, the Aces. Got to love it. All right, before we get into that, though, let's talk uh, some NFL football. And uh, Marco, give me some games here that uh, you've got your eye on here. And I, I definitely want to talk with you about the Pittsburgh Steelers because – I know how you feel about this team, and you follow them very, very closely. They have a tough home opener, but they are getting a lot of love, not only from betters, but from media personnel alike, thinking that, okay, this could be a very big season for the Steel Curtain because you have Kenny Pickett in his second season, and you know they've got a very good wide receiving core. You know that you got Najee Harris in the backfield, so... Give me some thoughts on the Steelers as they get ready to host the San Francisco 49ers and the Niners come in as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, TC, I've got a lot of teasers working with the Steelers because the one thing about the Steelers, and you know this over the years, when they do lose games, they generally do not get blown out. This is a team that doesn't self-destruct, and they play good defense. The strength of the offense this year, and this is something they haven't had for um, several years, this is the best offensive line the Steelers have had, and they actually have depth at the position. Uh, we've seen in the past few years where they'd lose a lineman and then uh, they'd have to juggle the offensive line, have guys playing out of their natural, you know, not in their natural position, and they just had no continuity. That's going to be key uh, for Kenny Pickett. Now, the problem with the Steelers, and I'm hoping that they open it up because they took a lot of grief last year, Matt Canada, the OC. Um, that his offense was just too plain, and it was frustrating the players and uh, the fans especially who were very vocal back in Pittsburgh. But they catch the 49ers at the perfect time. You got Brock Purdy, first game of the new season. This is a different thing. Last year when he came in, there was no pressure on him. You know, he was Mr. Irre- Irrelevant. We made fun of him. He was the last person drafted. But now um, there is expectations to lead this team. 
we catch the break. Uh, you know, they signed Bosa late, but he's go. He's they said today he's going to play. How effective is he going to be missing the entire uh, preseason? So I, I like the Steelers. I like them plus the two and a half. I like them even better on a teaser up to eight and a half with the six points. Work yeah, this me. this is a game that did not make my best bet card because I was kind of kind of torn. And from a fantasy football perspective, I actually have the Steelers' defense, so I'm very curious about them because I think their defense is going to be very, very strong this year. And anytime you have T.J. Watt anchoring that defense, I mean, look out. But, yeah, uh, this is a team that, uh, as we know, they haven't finished b- below 500 forever. Um, can they do it again? I think so. And I think uh, even though they don't have a lot of superstar power, that uh, they can be dangerous. And I've loved Najee Harris. I mean, going back to his time at Alabama, that was a great draft pick by the Steelers. Uh, they've got another running back behind Harris that is that is rock solid as well, too. I think San Francisco is a mystery, and you can't put much in the preseason because San Francisco was awful in every game they had this year. Brock Purdy didn't get too many snaps. Maybe he should have. I don't know what to expect with, with the 49ers. I think they're going to be a solid team. I think they are energized because you got your defensive leader back who just signed, uh, you know, the richest contract for a non-quarterback. Uh, you know, from a position player, he's, it's the richest. So they're going to be fired up with that. I think, I don't know if Bose is going to be able to contribute or not. You know, obviously it's a marathon. That's what the 49ers are thinking. It's like, okay, let's get this guy back into shape, but it is a tough assignment for the Niners to go cross country and play this you know, improve Steelers team. But I think, you know, you look at the talent on the Niners side, especially on the offensive side of the ball, it's intriguing. And like I said, I understand why San Francisco is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, but uh, it's going to be hard for me to to pull the trigger on either side of this game. Especially what they need to do successfully to help Purdy is you got Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. That's the the key to the 49ers. The one thing that the Steelers do well is, you know, they could stop the run. Uh, the front, the defensive front line and the linebacker core is the strength of the Steelers. Outside of uh, Fitzpatrick in the secondary, that's the weak link. Uh, and I just don't see, you know, Brock Purdy being able to, you know, exploit that. The New Orleans Saints are. A three-point favor at home against Tennessee. Saints fans are pretty excited. I'm excited to see Derek Carr and how he is going to perform under this offense. And, you know, the knock on Carr for his time with the Raiders was he's always, you know, going through a, a different offensive coordinator, different coaching staff, and there were always there was no continuity whatsoever. Now he's got to learn uh, another offense. However, one of the reasons why he signed with the Saints because he wanted to play for his old coach, Dennis Allen, who's with the Raiders. And so there's some chemistry there, and obviously there's some familiarity there. Cars look good in the offseason, or rather uh, in the preseason, what we've seen. Whether you want to put stock into that or not, that's one thing. But I just see a rejuvenated guy who really wants to not only stick it to the Raiders, but I think he wants to prove to the NFL that, hey, I still got something left in the tank. And this this Saints team could be flying under the radar a little bit. I agree with you. The only thing I don't like in this first game is I actually thought the line would be a little bit higher. The The fact that it's sitting there on the three um, just gives me pause on it. I like the Saints. I think they win that division. In uh, what you said about you know Derek Carr, this is absolutely his season to play with a chip on his shoulder and every game for him is going to be a statement game. Uh, and I think that's, that's good. You like to see, you know, ride somebody that's got something to prove and he definitely does. And let's face it, he's got a much better defense down there, uh, you know, than he had here. You know, when you were here, you, you knew you had to score 30 points to win, you know, cause the Raiders were giving up too many points. He's not going to be in those kind of shootouts there in New Orleans, but we'll see if the, the Saints can stay healthy at the wide receiver position. That's been a problem the last couple of years. Um, you got the problems with the running back, you know, missing time. So uh, long term, I like the Saints. Short term this week, I'm probably not going to get to the window in that game. Speaking of the Raiders, uh, on the road against the Denver Broncos, Sean Payton, the former Saints coach, is there trying to resurrect some life and some success into this franchise that has just been miserable and have not been in the playoffs for uh, quite a long time. 
How do you see the Raiders and the Broncos? And did you do much handicapping on this game? Yeah, I like the Raiders in this one. This will be, you know, one of the few spots that I will actually say I like the situation for the Raiders because as much as I like Sean Payton, it's game one. Okay. He's going to fix this team. But it is not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, everybody's expecting Russell Wilson to be turned on like a light switch. That you know, he was you know put to sleep last year with uh, Hackett in his offense. We'll see what happens there. But you've got Jimmy Garoppolo. Like him or not, when you look at the games that this guy has started, he has one of the better win-loss percentages of starting quarterbacks in the NFL, yet he never gets any, you know, nobody praises him. Nobody talks about him is, you know, an uh, all-star quarterback, a future Hall of Famer, because, you know, hasn't won that big game, and, you know, he's always had players around him. We'll see what happens here. He's got, a, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the game, Devontae Adams, to get him the ball. But uh, he's going to have to, what I just said about, Derek Carr and having to play where you've got to actually score points, that's going to be the case this year because the Raiders, although they addressed problems, I have to see it work on the field that we have a better defense. You surprised that the Broncos are the favorite here at three and a half? No, not at all. Not because there's so much hype with, with Sean Payton and he's turned around, you know, remember when he went to the Saints, you know, what he did there. Uh, this is you know, one of the best coaches in the NFL and people are buying into that and they're giving Russell Wilson a pass for last year. You know, if Russell Wilson, you know, sucks this year like he did last year, you know, you're going to have to backpedal on everybody that uh, criticized, you know, Coach Hackett, you know, which I was at the forefront. I, I thought he was over his head. There's some guys that, and we've seen it and we've talked about it before. They're great coordinators they just don't make that transition to a good head coach and i think it could be a little surprising that the broncos are a three and a half point favorite i know they're at home but again this team has not had success and the one team that the raiders have had success against and huge success has has been against the broncos the raiders have swept the season series the last three seasons they've won their last six games against them and some of those are, are even in blowout fashion marco so i could see where you know the raiders would you know, really have some perceived added value here. And I'm telling you, I'm going to be on the Raiders on a teaser. I I knew you would be there for the teaser. <laughs> you're going to you're, the traditional teaser, or are you going to try to find the old 10-point teaser? Well, I mean, ha, have you done your homework yet? I no. mean, I, I put you on the case here. I, I don't, You have not uh, told me if anyone is left standing. It seems like, you know, we've all, you know, we've, we've taken out. Us teaser players, us sharp teaser players, have shot down all the books. They won't take our action anymore at 10 points. So please find that for me. Well, maybe you should shop around there while you're in Arizona because they, they have a lot of options. Yeah, but I think if I make a bet in Arizona, don't I have to cash my ticket here in Arizona? You'll be back there. Yeah, I'll be back here for what? Hold on. It's like a four-hour drive. Oh, my God. Do you hear what you're saying? I'm, I'm supposed to drive back to Arizona to, to cash a teaser ticket. I don't even know if... Uh, this sports book where I'm at here that has that. I mean, you're you're the professional, Marco D'Angelo. You're supposed to you're supposed to have 18 apps on your phone. Uh, you know, you've got your big screen there, like a weatherman and a meteorologist. I think you would, you know, you could circle. Oh, there's your 10 point teaser, TC. Go get it. Yeah. No, I'm going to have to go with a seven point teaser. But I, I feel, it's, come on, ten and a half yeah. with the Raiders. You don't like that? I like it. I like the Raiders plus the three and a half. So okay. obviously I like a plus okay, ten then. and a half. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, Eagles against the Patriots. We saw the Chiefs have a little bit of the letdown last night. Um, teams that have gone to the Super Bowl the next year don't usually respond too well. It is the Patriots. They're not the same team, but still a tough place to play. And the Patriots are getting four at home. Any thoughts? I have a lot of thoughts if somebody would have read my best bet list. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> see? 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 I just saw it. I just saw it. Save it. Fine. Okay. Give. Give. Okay. Now you just have to tease it and tell everyone you have to hang around for a half hour. There yeah, you go. got to hang around for a half hour for <sighs> handicapper extraordinaire. But while, while since you segued and opened the door on the best bets, um, 
I, I have a little bone to pick with you, and we need to clear it out right now before we get to the best bet section. Go. Because, you know, whenever you cherry pick these, you know, games throughout the season that we had food bets on, mm-hmm. you know, which, you know, seems like you always, you know, the John Q. Public play that you had finds its way home that week. John Q. Public play. <laughs> Listen, why do you have to insult? Why can't you just say, I'm sorry I lost to you, man? I mean, come on. So what I want to do is I, I am throwing down a challenge to you. Three food bets before the season starts. We will have our in-season food bets because we know the two of us like to eat a lot. Yes. But we are going to have a food bet for who has the mo- most points between me and you on NFL best bets. Okay. College best bets. So that's two food bets. Mm-hmm. And then the combined total of the college and pro who has more points at the end of the season. So that's three separate food bets. Do you accept the challenge, T.C. Martin? I will accept the challenge, Marco. But remember, we are going to have some regular weekly food bets if, oh, yeah. if we're on opposite sides. If, oh, absolutely. Right. Okay, yes, yes. As soon as you jump on one of those John Q. Public plays and I'm on the sharp side, we'll have it. <laughs> Look at this guy. He's on the sharp side, and I'm John Q. Public. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. This, this comes from a guy who is 30 over 500 in Major League Baseball, and I'm John Q. Public. How many of those were the Astros? Many. <laughs> and guess what? They cash the same way, brother. All right, let's make some room for uh, one of the uh, best uh, Aces players. I mean, there's so many great Aces players uh, on this team, as we know, but... Uh, she has been a fantastic blessing uh, to not only watch and to call the play-by-play, but just uh, she's she's fantastic, and uh, she joins us now. Join me now, Aces guard slash forward, all the above, Alicia Clark. AC, what's happening? What's happening, TC? All good here. Hey, let's talk a little bit about the last game over the weekend against Seattle. You're coming off a 16-point performance. How good did that feel? I mean, it felt great, you know, just to be able to see the ball go in the basket, um, be able to kind of get our flow back as a team. It was, it's good. That's what we wanted going into playoffs, so it's a good feeling for sure. It's been a while since you've had a game like that. You admitted that you've been struggling with your shot. When you pinpoint that, what do you think the struggles were and how did you go about getting it back? Um, honestly, I don't know. I feel like if I knew what the struggles were, I wouldn't have been in a slump so long. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I said, you know, after the game, it's just going back to the basics, sticking and trusting in the work that I've put in. Um, and that's really it. Just, you know, my teammates are great and continue to encourage me. They're like, I don't care if you miss six of them, you keep shooting it. Um, and again, just relying and, and trusting in the work that I put in. You know, it's it's not by accident that I've gotten to this point. Um, and so, yeah, just reminding myself of that, not getting too in my head about it. And when you go through stuff like that, I mean, there's specific adjustments that you make or is it have something to do with just offense, spacing, etc.? I mean, rest definitely helps. You know what I mean? I think we fatigue probably played a part in it. Um, do I really know? I don't know. But no, I didn't make any like huge adjustments. I just got back here in the gym with Natalie and you know went through my routine that I always do and just getting a good feel and, and getting reps and getting my form, like doing form shooting. Um, so yeah, again, just back to the basics. You don't have to do anything crazy because the basics are what helped me get here. You've had a pretty relatively healthy season. You did miss a game a few weeks back, you know, with a back injury. How is that right now, and how are you feeling? Oh, my back's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just a crazy fluke of a thing, so it wasn't anything, you know, crazy, thank goodness. Um, but I feel great. You know, it's been nice to be home for a little bit, rest, get a lot of sleep, <laughs> sleep in my own bed, you know, be in my own apartment. And um, But, yeah, I feel good. It's This is the time where you want to feel your best um, heading into this postseason. So, yeah, doing everything I can recovery-wise to make sure I stay fresh. All right. Alicia Clark joins us. Almost a full season now with the Las Vegas Aces. You know, this fit seems perfect. <laughs> How has it been for you now you've been here a good six, seven months from your perspective? Um, I mean, it's been great. You know, I, I love coming to work every single day, um, being able to see everyone compete alongside them. Um, and practices and just be able to laugh and joke with them has been really nice and it's you know for me to be in this type of environment this is um, you know it means a lot you know just having a good locker room culture a good locker room crew and that's that's what we have here so I've enjoyed it I'm you know been extremely happy Um, I know this was the best decision and so being able to be here and you know just enjoy it makes it even better makes it even sweeter has there been one or two things that maybe has surprised you a little bit that maybe you didn't expect uh, you know 
looking like, wow, I didn't know that. And, you know, this is really cool or something for the better. Um, I mean, I think just one, just off the bat, just the facilities. Like, you know, you saw videos. I saw videos and stuff before getting here. But, like, actually being in here, you're just like, wow, this is, like, for us. So that's really awesome. Um, And then, two, just, like, the collective, like, wittiness of everyone on the team and sarcasm. Like, just to be able to have a group that can, like, so seamlessly, like communicate and joke and like understand and be in that space with one another is rare you know what i mean so we have a lot of really funny people on this team um and that's something that's really surprising because you know you see it and you just never know if it's like an act but like being here it's like oh no wow they're actually really funny this is great (laughs) (laughs) you played with three WNBA teams and of course you played with several teams overseas what would be the biggest difference for you with this team compared to other organizations whether it's in the league or abroad uh, um, I mean, abroad, I don't compare WNBA teams to teams abroad just because it's just completely different. Um, access to resources and those types of things. Um, although my time in Lyon was great. Like, we had, um, you know, a gym for us and, you know, had great access to, like, great uh, amenities and things like that. But it's still... You know, it's not the same. I had to, we had to go places to get things. It wasn't in-house. Um, but here, again, just having everything right here for us. Whatever we need resource-wise, medical team-wise, um, recovery-wise, you know, we have that here. And it's, it's just for us. So um, I think just the top-down, like the collective vision, the collective accountability um, is something that's really important and crucial. And that was something, you know, I, I pinpointed and honed in on during free agency was accountability from the top-down. And... I mean, it trickles all the way through the players. And, you know, when you have that type of culture, um, that's when, you know, special things happen. So, again, I'm just I'm grateful to be here and love coming into work every day and, and being around the staff and these players. Um, it, it makes it enjoyable. Have you thought about ahead down the road? Would you like to end your career here? Oh, yeah, I'm not going anywhere else. I'll be here in Vegas to retire, so. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here. I love it. Look at the stuff on the court. You've turned into the team's kind of defensive lockdown defender now and mostly guarding a lot of the other team's bigs. Mm -hmm. How do you like those assignments? Great. I mean, it's what I've been doing my whole career. You know what I mean? That's what I've hung my hat on. Like, it might be a little different now because it's more like post players, but, I mean, it's post and guards now because I'm playing more four. But that's something I take pride in. You know what I mean? Um, the way that I study, the way that I prepare. Um, I know nobody in the league is doing that. And so that's something that I take pride in. So regardless of, you know, if it's their best four player or their best two guard or whatever it is, like um, I'm up for the challenge. And that's something, you know, that I'm going to make sure that I'm doing my part on. Because, you know, this, I've been in this position where, you know, I'm the defensive leader and the defensive go-to in that space. Um, and I know our team goes as I go in that way. So I take, you know, a tremendous amount of pride in that um, and a tremendous amount of responsibility in that and making sure I show up and, they, and that my teammates can, you know, hang their hat on that, trust in that I'm going to be consistent in that space and they know what they're going to get. One game lead for the number one seed, home court advantage throughout the playoffs, and we got a New York team that's charging right behind. Mm-hmm. How do you think you guys have handled this situation down the stretch? Uh, I mean, good. You know, for us, we've been, from day one, like our, our focus has been on the Las Vegas Aces. It hasn't been about who's, uh, what other team, any other players. It's been about us. Like, are we being the best? Are we showing up as our best every single night? Um, and so, yeah, like having some injuries, having, you know, two big injuries from the team just being removed, it, that hurts, you know, but we were able to step into that um, and really keep pushing. And, yeah, we lost some games, but it's part of it. You're not going to win them all. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, for us, it was more so about just making sure we got back to our fundamentals and our basics. And so, you know, we've always been like it's the Las Vegas Aces versus the Las Vegas Aces because once you start worrying about what other teams are or aren't doing, um, you lose focus of who you are and lose focus of what matters, and that's in-house. And so we've always been in-house from day one of training camp, and that's not going to change now. So we know we, we hold our destiny, and uh, we want to make sure that we're playing the right basketball and playing the right way going into playoffs, and it starts, you know, in Phoenix. Good luck tonight. We'll see you on the court. Right. Continue success. Thanks, TC. Alicia Clark, uh, one of the best, no doubt about it. Ace is another huge favorite here tonight, Marco. I, there's a lot of injuries with the Phoenix Mercury and a team that's nine and 29. And this was the opening round of the playoffs last year between the Aces and the Mercury. Aces swept them. Uh, different team, different scenario, but, uh, this crowd is, it's going to be a sellout crowd here tonight. That's surprising that you got a sellout crowd there. 
that's surprising, TC, uh, that they got the sellout. And I think it's as much of the Aces being there than it being the final game, you know, for Phoenix. Because as you said, it's been a disappointing season, you know, a, to go from the playoffs last year to the record they have this year. And then, you know, the drama with, you know, Brittany Griner coming, you know, back this season and that. So it just, it's a season that you want to sweep away and, you know, forget and move on to next year. But it is a chance for them to play spoiler. Mm -hmm. Uh, If they somehow pull an upset on their home floor, uh, it's going to make Sunday very interesting Mm -hmm. (laughs) as far as, uh, you know, locking down the uh, home court. All right. So I got the breaking news for you right here, guys. So uh, the Aces, as you know, they're 32 and six with two games left. The Liberty have one game left. All right. Aces currently have a half of a game lead. Uh, right now, because the Liberty's 32 and 7. The Aces can actually secure the number one seed tonight with a victory over Phoenix and a Minnesota victory over the Chicago Sky. Because if the two teams are tied at the end, the Aces and the Liberty, the tiebreaker is head to head competition. So it went 2 and 2 during the regular season. They don't count the Commissioner's Cup game, which the Aces lost to the Liberty. So it's 2 2 regular season. But the next tiebreaker is, what is your record, each team's record, against teams that are above 500? And if Minnesota beats the Chicago Sky, they will get to 500, and the Aces would have the better record than the Liberty is over those teams. So they could actually clinch it tonight, and Sunday's game may not mean anything. That's interesting. Now, if Minnesota... Um, I don't have their record in front of me. Are they one? Are they one game under? Under five hundred, correct? Yeah. But do they have another game to play? Uh, no, that's why. Yeah. Okay. T- yeah. Tonight's it. Yeah. So that's that's a dealio with them. Well, the Ace Aces fans got to be uh, Minnesota <laughs> fans tonight, <laughs> right? Which uh, I fully endorse because great people in that organization. Uh, and again, uh, great food options there by the, in that arena. <laughs> of by that. Uh, uh, great. I, li- I really like the Minnesota Lynx people. They've treated me very, very nicely. And our good friend, Kayla McBride, you know, for the Minnesota Lynx. I want to see them in the playoffs and see them get to 500 and, uh, and help the Aces out. So They're an underdog tonight. They're a four-point underdog at Chicago. Yeah, the game's at Chicago. And yeah. that's kind of a flip, a flip of a coin type of a game. All right. Uh, appreciate Alicia Clark uh, for taking, taking time and joining us. And uh, we'll see her back on the floor here in a few hours. When we come back, it is that time where we reconvene for our best bet segment here on our Friday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Hey, this is Steve Heitner, and lucky you, you're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. Uh, that's gold, baby, gold. Back here in the Footprint Center in Phoenix, Arizona, getting ready for the Aces and the Mercury tonight. T.C. Martin here, Marco D'Angelo back in the studios in Las Vegas. And uh, don't forget be back at the Westgate Las Vegas Inside the World Famous Superbook next Friday. We were there yesterday to kick off the NFL season. Saw the Detroit Lions upset the Kansas City Chiefs 21-20. to And uh, we are underway for the NFL season. Week number two of the college football season coming up here uh, this weekend with a lot of great games. But with the opening week here, first week of September, on a Friday, you know what that means. It is back. Our best bets. It's Football Friday, and time for the weekend's action. Here's the best bets. All right. Like I said, I'm coming to you live from Phoenix. Marco D'Angelo is in Las Vegas. And our good friend Trevor Maddich, I believe in Nashville, Tennessee, getting ready to do his thing for ESPN College Football like he does doing the marathon on Saturday. Trev, what's going on, brother? TC, Marco, I am excited about getting going this season. Got to stay within distance of Marco and you that I can just see you guys up there in the distance at least if I can see your dust <laughs> so let me tell you something Trev just in the last segment Marco wants to just like call a halt to the show and wants to say TC I, I want to get three food bets with you I want to do best uh, record overall NFL best record against you college oh and best record combined overall so let's have three food bets and I said sure I'm on how come you didn't offer that to Trevor, Marco? That's what I want to know. 
Well, he's not here for me to feed on a weekly basis <laughs> like I had to do last year every time you got lucky. <laughs> I got lucky. <laughs> no, I, I, no, the real reason is that if, uh, if Marco wins and I have to buy him dinner, it's a normal dinner. If I win and he has to buy me dinner... It'll cost him. He'll have to mortgage his house just for that one dinner. <laughs> this is true. That's how much food I eat. <laughs> All right. Trevor Maddich is with us. We're giving you our three best college plays, three best NFL plays. Trev, kick us off here on college football week number two. All right. College football week number two. I've got Texas State plus 13 and a half at UTSA, Texas San Antonio. UTSA should win this game. They are, they've got an experienced quarterback. There's a lot of good things that are going on with that team, but Texas State is coming off a big win against Baylor. And a lot of people think it was just Baylor playing poorly, but I don't think that's the case. I actually think that it was about uh, Texas State and their new offense with head coach GJ Kinney, who was the head coach at Incarnate Word last year and led the FCS in scoring at 52 points a game. And so he, he's got a wide open offense, brought in a ton of transfers, just like Coach Prime did at Colorado. And on offense, it seems to be working. I don't think that Texas State will win the game, but I think their offense is good enough that it will hold serve against UTSA. So I'm saying take Texas State and the points. Trevor, I gotta, I gotta add something real quick here. I mean, you mentioned Incarnate Word, who beat my alma mater, Sac State, last year in a game that was played in the 60s. And uh, I was there firsthand to witness that. And uh, what an offense. You're right. Incarnate Word had a heck of an offense. Yeah, it it is wide open. And, And speaking of Incarnate Word, Washington State's quarterback lit the world on fire as a freshman at Incarnate Word two years ago. Last year, transferred up to Washington State, threw for over 3,000 yards, 28 touchdowns in that incarnate word style air raid for the Cougars in Pullman. uh, Yeah, Pullman. And right now, this week, Washington State is getting six points versus Wisconsin at home. And I like Washington State. Last year, Wisconsin was ranked 19th in the country. Washington State traveled to Madison, Wisconsin, and beat Wisconsin on their home turf. Now Wisconsin is coming back. They'll be looking for some revenge to play Washington State on the Cougars' home turf, ranked 19th in the nation again. But I think, once again, Washington State will be able to hold serve on offense. Wisconsin is playing a a version of the air raid offense as well. Their running attack last week against Buffalo did really well, but the the passing game was very clunky. It brought in Tanner Mordecai, transfer quarterback from SMU, and just the passing attack just didn't roll. Where Cameron Ward last week in Washington State against Colorado State, the passing attack was in full flower, man. It was just really great. And so I just think Washington State can hold serve. And Marco, you know how I love the, the home underdog. So I've got Washington State plus six versus Wisconsin. And then the third grade is, is what Marco, you know how much I, I love the, the road dogs. Um, or excuse me, the road favorites, and I hate the home underdogs. So Boise State is hosting UCF. UCF is giving up three and a half points. I've got UCF and lay the points. The reason is the Boise State last week against Washington just got torched by the Washington passing attack, just torched. And UCF doesn't have quite the talent and the ability, but they can do a lot of things that Washington can do. The UCF quarterback, John Rice Plumley. It was not Michael Penix Jr. of the Huskies, but he is very good. And last week he put up tons of numbers, but he had three turnovers, two picks, and a lost fumble. I don't think that will happen to Rice Plumley two weeks in a row. I think UCF on defense has some disruptors up front. And I think that John Rice Plumley, at quarterback, has enough of an edge over Kalen Green of Boise State that just that position alone leads me to want to lay the three and a half with UCF at Boise State. I like Trevor's plays. All right, Marco, what do you got on the college side? Uh, we're going to come out swinging right out of the gate, <laughs> me and Trevor. I'm opposite you on one play, and that is the Washington game. The Luke Fickle uh, error started last week. It was a ho-hum win, 38-17 to over Buffalo. After the game, Luke Fickle said about his team, the team was sloppy. They had a lot of things to clean up. 
Too many missed tackles. Wide receivers dropping balls and his quarterback throwing interceptions. I like a coach that makes his team accountable. And let's face it, new offensive scheme, new defensive scheme. You come in, it takes time. I think they will be much improved this week. He'll clean some things up. And you mentioned it. Washington State went into Madison last year and beat them. They're not going to forget that. I'm taking the Badgers, and I'm laying the points on the road. That's play number one. Play number two, Notre Dame at NC State. Yeah, we're all in love with Notre Dame because they're scoring points. They're knocking the snot out of people. But it was Navy who was horrible this year and Tennessee State. So what? People are looking at the NC State game where they only won by 10 over Connecticut. They were on the road. That was a Thursday night game uh, for Connecticut. They were looking past them. They were looking ahead to this Notre Dame game. And if you're the NC State coach, are you going to unload the playbook against Connecticut? No, you're saving it for Notre Dame. I've got Notre Dame. Excuse me. I'm going against Notre Dame with NC State plus the 7.5. In the last one, this is the game that everybody's been talking about all week. You talk to any book here in town, they're getting all one-sided action from the public, but the sharp money's going on the other side, and I'm there. I've been on this one since Monday. I like Nebraska over Coach Prime in Colorado. Everybody's overreacting to one week. Nebraska did what they do best. They shot themselves in the foot and found a way to lose the game last week. Uh, New coach, same result. But I saw enough of Nebraska last week that I saw them clean up some things. The defense played well last week, and that's going to be the difference in this game. TCU had no answer for Colorado. Nebraska will be prepared. I like the team. You give me the better defense, getting points. This is an overreaction. This line in the summer was Nebraska minus seven. From one game, we're going to move this line 10 points? No, I'm not. Give me Nebraska plus the points. They pull the mild upset. Trevor, see, you like that? This is this is what handicappers do. It's like, I'm going to go with the team what they do best. They shoot themselves in the foot. I'm going to back that team. What are you talking about? Backing a Nebraska team? Have you watched this team? They're horrendous. They're terrible. They, they have, Trevor, they have not, not gotten any better for, from last year, correct? Yeah, they've gotten a lot better from last year. <laughs> they're tackling better. They're better in the trenches. And they had that game won until they did what Marco said they do. <laughs> Two late turnovers is what led to Nebraska losing that game. Although I, I wanted to make this one of my picks. I wanted to go with Nebraska, but I couldn't do it, Marco. And the reason is that even with the the fact that I believe Nebraska will win in the trenches, I don't think Nebraska has the team speed to handle some of the guys on the perimeter on the Colorado offense. And I think that Shador Sanders is a massive quarterback advantage for Colorado over Jeff Sims of Nebraska, should he even start. So I just... But I didn't want to pull the trigger on Nebraska, much like they do on their own foot, because I was worried about that Colorado quarterback and the speed on the edge. So you've got this one on your own. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I am going to go with this. We're going to start here with Cincinnati against Pitt. I think this is going to be actually a bounce-back season for the Cincinnati Bearcats. They got Emory Jones as their quarterback, and, and Jones last week was 19 for 23, 345 yards and five touchdowns. Now, granted, they were playing Eastern Kentucky, but they scored 66 points, and I don't care. You know, these teams that are putting up that kind of numbers, I don't care who the opponent is, but when I look at these these quarterbacks, the accuracy – when you're only missing on four passes and you have over 300 yards, I mean, that means your timing is there. Uh, there's some good chemistry there. And I think Cincinnati getting seven at Pitt uh, is is a great spot. So I'm going to get on the, the Bearcats in this one. And Cincinnati also has a nasty D as well, too. And, again, this team kind of uh, you know fell below the radar a little bit. Uh, I know they had a concentrated effort, you know, you know, during camp to say, "Hey, we got to get that nastiness back." And I think they're going to show up against Pittsburgh, and especially getting a, a, a touchdown. And Cincinnati has some very good skill position players, so give me the Bearcats 
plus seven against the Pitt Panthers. Oregon is taking on Texas Tech. Bo Nix has actually been on this big stage for quite some time, his time in Auburn, where he didn't have a whole bunch of success. But now he's heading to his second year at Oregon, and I like Bo Nix. 23 for 27 last week, again, against a lesser opponent. But Oregon scored 81. They scored 81 points last week. And they're facing a Texas Tech team that lost in double overtime to Wyoming. And I bring that up. Because that's a long football game to start your opener, okay? And granted, I get it. You know, you get, you know, five, six days off. But still, I do not like this matchup. Oregon has way too much team speed. And I think this is going to be a big season for the Oregon Ducks. Remember, there is still no D in Lubbock, Texas. Oregon is better on both sides of the ball. I will lay a small price with the Oregon Ducks lane six at Texas Tech. And then, yes, all three of us are on this game. Washington State and Wisconsin. Oh, who am I going with here? Well, I'm joining you, Trevor Maddich, because Wisconsin is a mess. As I like to call it, they have got the hot mess express going right now. The past three years, and they cannot find a quarterback. All right, look where they've been, okay? I got horny brooked game after game going back three years ago. Then I got Graham Mertz after that. And now what? You get, um, you're going to get mordecai all right, you're getting horny brooked, you're getting merched, and you're getting Mordecai. And Mordecai, no thank you from SMU. And the big change of, of, of philosophy with offensive uh, uh, mindset and playbook here from SMU to Wisconsin. And Washington State has no conference, but guess what? They've got an offense and they got a quarterback. Cam Ward, 37 for 49 for 451 yards last week, three touchdowns. All right. Yes, they beat Wisconsin. I'm not buying into any revenge factor because Wisconsin doesn't buy into that. This team is just a mess. And now they're going to have to go to the Palouse, and we're getting six points in this game. Washington, or rather, Wisconsin traditionally struggles against wide-open spread offenses, and Washington State has a much better attack even this year than they had last year. So give me the Washington State Cougars at home, plus six, probably win the game outright against the Wisconsin Badgers. To the NFL we go. Trevor Maddich, hit us. Well, Marco, you know how I love those home underdogs. So give me Cleveland plus two at home against Cincinnati. Now, this is really a play, first of all, in the trenches. Because I think the Cleveland defensive line is much better than the Cincinnati offensive line. And when you figure that Cincinnati uh, has had their starting quarterback, Joe Burrow, miss most of camp because of an injury, I don't know that Cincinnati will have that kind of chemistry coming into this game, especially when you consider, for those who like trends, that Cincinnati has lost five straight at Cleveland. So I think they're going to lose six straight at Cleveland. I think I'll take the two points, but I think the Browns win outright. And I really think it's going to be because they're going to be ahead from a chemistry standpoint and because I think their defensive line is going to take over. Now, Marco, you know how I love the home favorites. So the Washington Commanders are at home giving seven to the Cardinals. Normally, I would not lay seven points with the Commanders if they were playing anybody, like Maryland, if they were playing Rutgers, I wouldn't be laying seven <laughs> points. But in this case, I will. And the reason is, what a hot mess. You're talking about the hot mess express, TC. The Cardinals are a hot mess. I mean, just an ugly, nasty, awful hot mess. Their starting quarterback, Kyler Murray, is still recovering from a, an ACL injury, a knee injury. They just cut their backup quarterback who started all the preseason games for him, Colt McCoy. That leaves them with Joshua Dobbs, who is a journeyman, who is nobody's solution at quarterback. I love him, but he just hasn't proven he's anybody's solution. Or fifth round rookie Clayton Toon out of Houston. So one of two guys, one of those two guys is going to start a quarterback for the Cardinals at Washington. Washington has one of the most disruptive defensive lines in the entire NFL led by a couple of ball pros at tackle in Deron Payne and John Alexander. And they got a bunch of other guys that can play on that side of the ball. And so for the Cardinals to push, you know, or for, let's put it this way, for Washington to push, I think they'll just have to score one touchdown and keep the Cardinals' defense and special teams from scoring because I just don't know how the Cardinals' offense is going to be able to score. So give me the commanders, lay in seven at home against the Cardinals. Then, uh, 
The Philadelphia Eagles are traveling to New England to play the Patriots. Philly is laying four points, and I say take the Eagles and lay the points. And once again, this is a play for defensive line of the Eagles versus offensive line of New England. The New England offensive line, all training campus, had issues with illness, with injury. They have not had their regular starting five play together yet this camp. They're just a hot mess on that offensive line. And behind them, at quarterback, Mac Jones, his QBR, when he's under pressure last season, is 4.5. 100 is perfect. 50 is average. Jones was 4.5 when pressured. So I think the Eagles, even though they lost some guys you know, off of last year's team, I think that the Eagles front is still going to get after Jones and it's going to be a long day. And I take the Eagles and lay the four and that's three, right? You got it. Yeah, that's it. Marco, what do you got? Retort. All right. We're going to start right off the bat. I agree with one of your plays and I disagree with one of them. I'll go quick on the one that we agree on. That's Cleveland. I'm taking Cleveland plus two division home dog on opening week, division dogs opening week, Period, road or home, division dogs 64 and 44 against the spread. Uh, so that's a stat that I'm not going to step in front of. Plus the fact Deshaun Watson last year was just a, a mess. He wasn't able to go to camp and uh, didn't get to play till late in the season. Didn't get any, you know, that chemistry going with the team. Now he's gone through a full training camp. This is why they paid him all the money. He needs to deliver. It starts on Sunday with Cleveland. The one we disagree on. And Trevor, the reason history repeats itself is because nobody listened the first time. And I'm going to give you a stat, and that's it on this game. The Super Bowl loser since 1990, if they are on the road in week one, if you bet against them, you would have gone 15-2 and against the spread. I'm not stepping in front of that. I'm going to take Bill Belichick. He has given the endorsement to Mac Jones for the quarterback job. We've got Bill O'Brien there. We're going to have an offense that's going to have more wrinkles in it this year. It was a very bad offense last year with the offensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, gone. Take New England plus the points, and don't be surprised if they went out right. And the last one, this is the Green Bay Packers. Everybody is writing them off because there's no Aaron Rodgers. Let's give Jordan Love a shot here. The Green Bay Packers have owned Chicago. Now Aaron says he owns them, but we'll see this week. I'm not sold on Justin Fields. It's a pick-the-winner situation. I'm going to go with Green Bay. I think they're going to be better than people think, and nobody knows what to think on Jordan Love because we haven't seen a game plan for a season designed for him, and they don't know what's coming. Take Green Bay. All right, guys, my NFL theme here is garbage. You know I don't like garbage, so I'm going against garbage this week. All right, I'm going against the Houston Texans. I know it's a big line. It's nine and a half for Baltimore. C.J. Stroud's getting his first NFL start against a tough Baltimore defense. You got a new quarterback. You got a new offensive coordinator, a new defensive coordinator, a new head coach over there in Houston. Baltimore has new coordinators as well. However, you know, they still got John Harbaugh there. And their new defense coordinator, Mike McDonald, was actually the Michigan defensive coordinator. And guess what he did? He coached against C.J. Stroud, and Michigan beat Ohio State when he was there. So I think he's going to have a clue on, on, on how to shut down Stroud. Lamar Jackson looks good, looks healthy. Odell Beckham Jr., a lot of people are anxious to see him. Laying nine and a half, I'm not crazy about, but I think this is a situation that warrants it. Houston, just so new and tons of quarterback uh, problems there as well, too. I will go ahead and lay it with Baltimore. And I agree wholeheartedly with Trevor. I'm going to do the same thing with Washington. Lay the seven against Arizona. Go against more garbage. All right, Arizona's downright awful. The Washington quarterback situation is still in question a little bit, but 
The running game is not. You got Antonio Gibson. You got Brian Robinson. That's good enough for me. And then you got Ron Rivera against an Arizona team that is a mess. No question about it. I'll lay the seven with Washington. And then we go to Monday night. I'm not buying all of the hype. I don't care. Been watching hard knocks or not. I'm going against the New York Jets and taking Buffalo and lay the two and a half. Yes, the Jets are definitely the flavor of the month, but still they have holes on the offensive line. They remember. This is a team that did not score a touchdown in their final three games last year. Granted, you have Aaron Rodgers, but everyone else is still there. All right? Remember, the offensive line is still a work in progress. It'll just be a matter of time before Rodgers starts calling out and yelling at his receivers like he's done in Green Bay, like uh, we've seen him do in training camp here. And the running back situation is in flux. Believe it or not, I mean, you got two good running backs, but they haven't been in camp. Brees Hall's coming off the, the knee surgery. And then, you know, Dalvin Cook hasn't been around. He's been there, but really no reps because he's expecting a, a child here. So I don't look for the Jets to be able to run the ball, you know, at least immediately uh, in this season. Then you got Josh Allen. You got Stephon Diggs. You got the Buffalo D. I think that's going to be the difference. Give me Buffalo. Go, go Buffalo and lay the two and a half on Monday Night Football. If you miss any part of this show, you know where to go, tcmartinshow.com, and go to the Best Bets page. We have our own designated page there where you can get all of our picks. Marcos, Trevor's, Scott Spritzer's, our official professional handicappers, Gilby, then turn in myself all up there at tcmartinshow.com. Trevor, good luck to you this week, brother. Uh, we're on some same games here. I, let's just say, let's go Palouse, baby. Yeah, let's go. Crazy stuff happens up in the Palouse. <laughs> appreciate you, brother. Take care, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, appreciate Numbchuck back in the studio. Marco, good luck to you, my friend. And uh, uh betting on the Aces tonight. I'm saying 92 is the team, po- t- team total. I know you like that. Um, good luck. That's all I got to say, brother. You know, <laughs> they, they, the Aces should be in good shape tonight. We're looking forward to calling the game tonight. All right. All right, Mark will be back with us on Monday. We'll be back in studio. We'll recap the NFL weekend, the college weekend, and a look ahead to the Monday night game between the Buffalo Bills and the Jets. Appreciate everyone for joining us. And, again, if you miss any part of this, go check it out, replay it, go to the podcast section. The interview pages are all updated. The classic interview page, the current interview page, our interview with Asia Wilson's on the homepage, and our Aces breakdown. Go check that out where she scored the 53 points in Atlanta. TC Martin saying so long from Phoenix for my guys, Marco D'Angelo and Check back in the studio in Vegas. Have a great weekend. Enjoy. We're back at it Monday at 2 o'clock.